All right, man up podcast. We're gonna call this episode one, uh, cause uh, my other episodes kind of sucked. So we're gonna call this man a man up podcast episode one. I got my boy Wes Donovan here with me. Um, what's up, Wes? What's up, man? How are you? Good, man. Uh, yeah. So I've done some of these by myself, and I've learned that when I do these by myself, my content's not as good. I like having somebody to vibe off with. Wes is a good friend of mine. How long we've we been training together? Ooh. Um, man, off and on for <clears throat> 12 years now. 12 years, yep. So we both do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. We've been training together for over a decade. Started training together when I was about 18, 17, about to turn 18, something like that. So yeah, man. So anyway, um, see what I'm talking about when you're doing these podcasts? You start off and you just, it's weird at first. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's really weird when you're doing them by yourself and you don't like have anybody to talk to. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah it's easy. weird. It's it's different. A live video I've I've done tons of like Facebook live videos and stuff for my business and um those aren't weird to me. But these are weird. I don't so know. Just I feel like the the Facebook lives and all that would be cuz you can actually see yourself. Yep. And that like makes me nervous. But like I'm just looking at you now. So. Right. The Facebook live looking at myself makes it better for me. I'm not as nervous as I thought I would be actually cuz this is the first time I've ever been on a like a podcast or anything. Really? Yeah. It's first time. Yeah. So, I've been on, uh, obviously, I've been on a couple episodes of my own, and then uh, I've done a couple with Alan. I've been on the radio before, so yeah. I've been on, I've been on before, but it's still just weird. Yeah, it's it's, it's different. Yeah, but. yeah. Anyway, so did you catch the fight this weekend? No, uh, you didn't watch the Khabib. I didn't either. I, I didn't um, actually, but I, I spoke with my younger brother and had him kind of filling me in on it. Really, you know, just kind of like a play by play. But no, I didn't watch. I it. thought I didn't know the fight was going to be at like three p.m., four p.m. Yeah, it, it where in Abu Dhabi, I think. Yeah, that's what it was. I didn't realize that. So I was I was at the tribe event. Um, that's right. The combat business tribe event with Alan and all them, and we were still in. We were still meeting at that time, mm-hmm. and like I noticed there was people there who had their phones out. And we're like watching fights. I'm like, why the fuck is everybody in here? Like, we're at this tribe <laughs> event, like learning yeah. this, like you know, how to run our businesses and stuff. And everybody's just watching fights, you know, because it's all like yeah, MMA yeah. gym owners mostly. Like everybody there. I think there was a couple of like fitness kickboxing gym owners, but like there used to be a bunch of like traditional martial arts people, but now it's like all Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and MMA schools. Yeah. Period. You know. So I'm like, why is everybody in here watching fights? Why, why, why aren't they paying attention? Right. And so, uh, um. <laughs> like I go out to go to the bathroom and they're like, "Yep, you hear where Khabib smashed Gaethje?" I'm like, "No, I didn't hear oh, that. Man. I didn't know that that's happened." Because I was gonna go watch it at like a bar or something that night, yeah. but uh, I was like, "No, I didn't hear about that. That sucks." Like yeah, I, I didn't uh, like so I got the play by play from my brother. But speaking of fights, Anderson Silva fights tonight, doesn't he? And this is his last fight. Him and Uriah Hall. Oh no, I didn't know that. That's tonight. Damn, damn, we're gonna miss that too. I don't unless we set a TV up here at the gym. I don't. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think it's a pay-per-view event. Really? But I'd have to check. But I so think we could we could set up a TV here yeah. and, and watch the fight. Yep. Damn. That's what's up. Okay. I don't know who else is on that card. Who, who do you got in that? Hmm. I'm gonna pull for Anderson Silva because I think he's, I didn't say I think, who you're gonna pull for. I said who you have. <laughs> I, think, I think I think he'll win. get it because I think I think he has stated this is his last fight. Yeah. So I think he's gonna go out on top. Yeah. I think he's probably back on steroids for it, too. <laughs> I mean, it's your last fight. It's you not like, you. I mean, <laughs> like a one-year suspension. Like, <laughs> fuck you. I don't care. Like, yeah. I'm done. Dude, I'm going to juice up for it. Yeah. This is it, bro. Dude, I'd be juiced to the gills. All you know, way. Unless they're going to test way. me beforehand and, like, the, make the fight not happen. That's the only way that I wouldn't do it. But, like, if they're just going to test me and suspend me after the fight like they do most of the time. They're more I, worried about I, COVID I, right now than they're right. steroids. I don't, I don't care, bro. 
I'm not worried about it. <laughs> I'm not worried about it. And they're Brazilian, so you know they're all they're all on steroids anyway. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm not saying every Brazilian is on steroids. I'm just saying every Brazilian athlete is. Yeah. If definitely. if they're not getting tested regularly. Yeah, because some of them are jacked. Yeah. You, you're gonna tell me Yo Romero's never done steroids. <laughs> bro you tell me Paulo Costa's never done steroids and you, did you notice when USADA stepped in dude I'm gonna make so many Brazilians mad at me in this podcast and I could not care less um did you notice when USADA steps in okay a few years ago you had all these Brazilians who were destroying in the UFC and immediately they all fell off a cliff mm. think about it Hemorrhoids, man. Hennem Burrell Jose Aldo Anderson Silva Vitor Belfort Think about it. They all uh, yeah, well, just like dove off a cliff as soon as you saw it took over. We all knew Vitor was. We all knew TRT Tour was was juiced up and, mm-hmm. and kicking Michael Bisbing's eye crooked. We all knew that, <laughs> right? We, we all knew that was happening. But, you know, we just didn't realize uh, everybody was on. Like when Nick Diaz, or I'm sorry, Nate Diaz said, everybody's on steroids. Bro, everybody was on steroids. Yeah. Everybody was on steroids. Um, I was talking to Alan Belcher about it and he was like, man, my, one of my biggest regrets is not getting on steroids when I was in UFC. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, for real? He's like, yeah, dude. Cause like number one, everybody was on. Okay. Yeah. Everybody was on roids back then. And, um, think about how much better I could have been. I could have moved it to 205. I could have fought, not cut as much weight. I could have, you know, been more comfortable and, and been stronger. And like, like I was doing well, not on steroids, mm-hmm. So imagine if I was on steroids, I was like, damn, that's a good press. You can always good tell, point. too, because like, if you watch them when they weigh in, some of them, you're like, damn, so-and-so is pretty jacked. And then you'll see him on his next fight, like, four or five months later, he's like, he is severely jacked. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then, like, comes yeah. out, like, then, six months and later. And then you saw it comes out, and all of a sudden, it's like, you look way different now. <laughs> yeah. How did you get so <laughs> skinny? That doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, like, you know, Overeem. Or, oh, yep. I gave you a little too much there. That's all right. All right, we're going to do a shot real quick because uh, loosening up. I don't feel like there's a reason to lie about it on, on here. Let's hit it one time. Hit it one time. All right. It's going to be a good one. Second one always goes down smoother. Yeah, there was a good bit in that one, too. Yeah, I, I overfilled it. Yeah, It's, it's good, fun. though. Yeah, man. But, uh, yeah, you can always tell because the guys, when they step on the scale several months later, are severely cut, severely jacked. And then it's like two or three months later, like, so-and-so suspended. Yeah. It's like, well, damn, we knew that, you know, but. I I would be interested. I wish that like Bellator one would like really encourage steroids. <laughs> like I want to, like, I want to alter, I want a high definition MMA league. You know just, what I mean? Oh yeah. Just super athletes in there. Yeah. Team. And they kind of do, you know, one does. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that one does like pride used to dude. Pride, pride encouraged all their athletes to take steroids. You know, we were talking about, I think it was last night. I think you were there. We were talking about on the pride contracts. I've told you this before, right? Uh, uh, maybe. Yeah, on the Pride contract, when you signed a contract with Pride, it would say on there, um, we, in big, bold letters, bigger than all the other letters on the contract, we will not test you for steroids. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm not saying they were encouraging it. Huh. I'm just saying that Japanese people like freak shows. <laughs> it seems, it seems, it seems that way. Okay, it seems that Japanese people like freak shows. They like, yeah. you know, that like, that crazy, that crazy shit, you know? Like, they love Bob Sapp. Who loves Bob Sapp other than in The Longest Yard? You know what I mean? Who's a Bob <laughs> Sapp fan? Yeah. You know, he's a freak show. He's not even that good. He's big just a freak dude, show. Yeah. He is big. He's a big yeah. guy, but he's not. 
I mean, who's a? I mean, name one American Bob Sapp fan. Like, I can't wait to watch Bob Sapp fight this yeah, weekend. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Says nobody ever. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You know, I was a big. There was a lot of people in Pride. I was a big fan. Like, I was a big Don Fry fan. Um, oh, yeah. in the UFC. I love Don Fry. Um, you know, some of those guys. I was. Oh, he had a sick mustache. Oh yeah, his that mustache was epic. That mustache. It was. <laughs> it was incredible. That mustache yeah. was incredible, and that like his fight with that—I don't remember what the guy's name was. That it was a j- big Japanese guy where they just grabbed each other by he the back of the head. Blows on each other—that's crazy. That was insane. So that was one of the craziest fights in MMA history. And yeah. a lot of you, these young bucks out here that like that watch fights that have never seen these fights, mm-hmm. they don't know what we're talking about right now. But right. you need to go look it up. Don Fry—I uh, know the guy's name started with a Y. If I'm being completely honest, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, yeah, I know. I know exactly which one you're talking about, but I don't yeah. know the guy's name. Yeah, at the end of the fight, the other guy's face was all swollen shut. His eyes were swollen shut. He was like bloody, and and Don Fry honestly looked fine. I mean, they just kept throwing haymakers on each other. Yeah, they grabbed each other back of the back of the head with their left each other their left hands and Start, just yeah. threw right hand punches at each other repeatedly. Yeah, and that was the fight. You know, we we've talked about this before about Pride. How, how um, I'm a fan of it, and I know you are too. Soccer. So oh yeah, kicks and, and foot stomp. I mean, bring that stomp. shit back. Oh, oh man, bring that shit back, homie. Bring it back. Bring it back, man. Bring <laughs> you know, it back, just, dude. Just somebody down there, and you just rear back and soccer kick him in the face, bro. I'm a fan. It's a fight, and you know, I, <laughs> I I'm not saying that I'd want that to happen to me necessarily. Yeah, that would suck. It would suck, um, real bad. But I don't know, man. I'm, from a fan's perspective, and you know, I've I've had several fights, and you fought before, and I'm I'm still in favor of it though. Like oh, yeah. I think I would still fight. Let me ask you this though: Would you ever do bare knuckle boxing? Probably not. You wouldn't, even if you were younger. Well, um, no, I don't. Well, no, I don't know. You don't think so? I don't know. That'd be. I don't know. Eighteen-year-old me, know. if I come up around it, I may have done it, but me at thirty, no, no. I wouldn't do it. I don't think I'd do it. it it's, I don't know. Um, I don't really like taking damage that much. Yeah, I know that's the that's the thing. I'm not a big fan of taking damage. And it's like we were talking about the other night. Um, with the bare knuckle boxing, you know, it's not like traditional boxing. You can you, know, you can clinch and dirty box and all that. And like you say, I don't I don't like taking that much damage. Right. Exactly. I don't. Yeah. Like, which I mean, the clinch. Honestly, I like that a little bit because I'm sort of a clinch fighter. Like I mm-hmm. like to fight in a clinch. I don't. I'm not like a stand in front of you and bang type of fighter. Right. I wish I was because fans love that, and I love watching that. That's the kind of fight yeah, I love yeah. to watch. Yeah, I love watching two fighters just stand in front of each other and bang. You know, it's awesome. I don't like doing that though. I'm the same. I do like to watch it. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not the kind of guy that likes to do it. No, you know, and I love a good technical <laughs> jujitsu match too. Don't get me wrong. I love the whole all of it, but um, I can appreciate all aspects of mixed martial arts. The one you know, there's but everybody likes watching two people stand in the pocket and bang. But it's just not my thing. Right, like as a fighter, as a, as a competitor, I'm not trying to just stand in front of you and just take damage. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna move, I'm gonna angle out, I'm gonna take, try to take you down, I'm gonna try to clinch with you. So like doing bare knuckle boxing, the fact I can clinch does help some, mm-hmm. but no, I don't know. Like like it's not, like you know you're gonna get cut if it's a bare knuckle fight. Yeah. You know you're gonna get cut. You know you're gonna take damage, and I don't know, man. I just I don't. I would do bare knuckle MMA. I do bare, at thirty. I do yeah. bare knuckle MMA. Um, but I would not do bare knuckle boxing and yeah. I, and I've boxed professionally and I've done it. I've had, I think I've had 10, 11 MMA fights mm-hmm. 
and I've boxed, I've had two professional boxing matches and, um, I would do bare knuckle MMA. I would definitely not do bare knuckle boxing. Yeah. Just my thing. Just my two cents there. You got some Mississippi boys doing good in that though. You know, I know it. Yeah. Yeah. You got when, Caleb, when is the next one? I have no clue. There's I two of them going now, isn't it? You got the the bare the bare knuckle fighting, and then the other one with uh, was it toe the line? I think. No idea. I think so. No idea. You are clearly more educated on bare knuckle boxing than <laughs> I am because I haven't. And no that's idea. just what comes across uh, my Facebook feed. Yeah. Like, I think that's the name of it. Um, but yeah, I'm like you. I I would uh, much rather do bare knuckle MMA. Right, because I can take you down. Right. And hit you with some elbows. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I can hit you with knees. I can kick you. Yep. With bare knuckle boxing, like if I punch you really hard in the forehead one time and crack a knuckle, mm. now I've just got one one hand I can punch with. <laughs> if I crack that one, it's like, well, my hands are just going to hurt for this fight. You know, whereas like in, in MMA, I can bare knuckle MMA, I can like palm strike you. If I mess my hand mm. up, I can hit you with an elbow. I can like spread the damage out. I don't know, man. I'm just not, I'm just not into it. This yep. is not my thing, you know. Um, yeah. A lot of people have asked me if I would consider doing it because, you know, I do have an MMA background and then I'm a professional boxer and I've done those fights, which the only reason I'm a professional boxer, I'm going to be clear, <clears throat> is because it was the only fights happening in Columbus, Mississippi at the time mm-hmm. that I was not going to have to promote. Yeah. You know, when I was, we had, the, the last time we had fights, I was helping promote them. And um, then we had the boxing card, you know, that Sean Gates and Oliver Miller were putting yeah. on. And, you know, that just it just kind of fell on my lap. Yep. You know what I mean? That's the only reason I, I became a, a boxer. Yep. I, I'd never boxed before. I never boxed amateur before. It was just like, you know, they were going to pay me yep. to there punch some, somebody. That, uh, the most recent one they had, there were some decent fights on that one. On yeah. That there were some good ones. Yeah. Did you, did you watch the ones in Oxford? There was one in Oxford not long ago. Uh-uh. Yeah, there's a lot of, guy from Tupelo was on it from UFM. Okay. Um, I think his name Bobby Taylor. I don't actually know him, which is surprising as much as I've trained up there, but I haven't trained there in a while. So, um, and then, you know, some other people were on it. So, yeah, it's it a good night. It's good. It's cool. It's cool because I think Mississippi is one of the only, like, two or three states that they're allowed to have bare-knuckle boxing in. Because, mm-hmm. guys, Mississippi is the wild west of combat sports. Yes. It's, it's the wild west. <laughs> You're doing a lot better job staying right on your microphone than I am. Which is surprising because <laughs> I have the headphones to remind me. That's, like, the purpose of the headphones is to kind of help remind me to stay right in front of the microphone. And you don't have them. And you're I know doing, I'm trying not to move. I was like, you're doing a really good job because every time I turn around, like I'm turning my head this way and nobody can hear what I'm saying, really. <laughs> and I'm having to pull myself back to the microphone. So I did catch myself adjusting it just a second ago. But yeah. That's a pretty neat little setup, though. Like I said, this first podcast I've ever been on. Yeah. this uh, I Dude, I, I decided back, it's been almost a year ago that I wanted to do a podcast. And um, I bought all this stuff. I've got four mics. I've got four mic stands. I've got, I bought this like $1,500 computer. And the only reason I spent this much on a computer was because they, it was, it was a, it was a MacBook Pro. And everybody was like, man, if you're going to do like podcasts and video editing stuff, that's the computer to do it on. Mm -hmm. I bought this board. I bought like all this stuff. And I've just had not had, you know, I just had, I've just had trouble coming up with the content that I needed to to put the, to, to do it. You know what I mean? On my own. And I've I've put some like little, you know, 20, 30 minute clips of me talking Mm -hmm. out. And it's done okay, but it just, I don't know, it just, when I listen to it, it's just not that good. Yeah. And I just felt like I needed somebody to kind of like. So how, do, how does it work? <clears throat> like, so you, us today, is, do you, it records and then you go back and edit it or something and upload it? I'm probably it, not going to do a lot of edits, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, so what you do, um, I'm using GarageBand and I just, uh, I just record it with all this equipment. Um, 
on on the garage band and then I save it and then I'll upload it to the 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 company that will actually distribute it to like iTunes and Spotify and all yeah. that stuff. So oh, I, okay. I send it to that company. Um, I just upload it to their thing and it just kind of automatically like uploads to that and then sends it out to everybody else. I had a guy that has a podcast here locally kind of show me how to do it. Yeah. Um, I'm still kind of figuring it out for myself. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, it's, it's cool. I, 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 it's something that I've been wanting to do. I'll tell you the truth, man. Um, I have been like in my head a little bit about the fact that, that I have not been able to get this going. Yeah. It's been messing with me a little bit. Because historically, anytime that I say I'm going to do something, yeah. I always do it. Like if, I've, if I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. Now, there's times that I, like, I pivot and decide to do something different. But most of the time, if I'm just like, like it's not like this where I just kind of give up on it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of gave up on doing the podcast thing. And just because, man, I started doing it. It's like coming up with content was just really, really difficult. And everything that I was coming up with just kind of sucked. Yeah. It just wasn't good. And so I just kind of quit, just kind of gave up and it kind of started messing with my head a little bit. That's why I like text you the other day. Cause I was like, I started realizing, um, I was dealing with like some depression mm-hmm. from the fact that my identity is wrapped up in the fact that I do the things that I say I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm, I'm like a yeah. do or I'm a follow through yeah. kind of guy. And the fact that I had this one glaring thing that was like looking back at me that I had never done mm-hmm. that I, I mean, I spent, dude, I spent, almost $3,000 on all this equipment mm-hmm. and didn't do it. Yeah. What kind of fuck boy shit is that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how, like dude, how do you, how do you, how do you do that? How do you spend all this money on all this equipment and then just not put out any content? Yeah. I've got microphones and a laptop and a, well, and I, a I remember you saying you had some issues with sound there. A while yeah. Back. It took, it took me several months to figure out what's wrong with the sound and all it literally, like literally I just looked at it one day and figured it out. Okay. It took me all of four seconds. Anybody with any sound experience, period, could have figured it out in four seconds. Huh. I literally just, like, I just started watching some YouTube videos. So, you see these two little plugs right here? There's one, it goes in what's called, if you're watching, if you're listening to this, it's called the main mix. Anybody with any sound experience is already, like, if you're, like, a musician or anything, obviously you need both plugs for the main mix. And when I went to go talk to the people at the store, they just gave me the one plug. And the sound was always trash. So I was like mixing it, like putting it in all the different things. And I look at it, I was like, man, the main, you look at main mix right here, it has two plugs. Yeah. Obviously, I need a two plug system. And so I just went to the store and bought one and now it fixed the audio. Really? Wow. Yeah, that's all it took. It just, I just needed this little cable right here, is all I needed. Man, you just go back to that store and. <laughs> <laughs> well, I bought this from the same store, but. Uh, okay. Um, but I went in there knowing what I needed. Yeah, okay. And so. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just best with me a little bit because, you know, how you build self-confidence in yourself is by doing the things you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how you build confidence. Mm-hmm. Like, if you say you're going to do something and you don't do it, you lose confidence in yourself. Yeah. Every time you do that, you lose confidence. Like, if you say, all right, this is going to be the year I'm going to get the weight off, and then it's, you don't do it, and then the next year, okay, this is going to be the year I get the weight off. You already know you're lying. Yep. You know what I mean? You don't have any confidence. Like, you know you're a liar to yourself when it comes to, like, self-integrity. Mm-hmm. So... Like, I think because I know that, like, I'm super self-aware of that, when I didn't get the content out and I didn't get, like, everything started, um, it was really messing with me, man. I, dude, I'll be honest, I started in with, like, a lot of depression and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just because of this. Um, the other thing was um, I was just really bored, too. Yeah. I had, like, built the gym 
to a point where, you know, where I, I own this gym in Columbus, Mississippi, Relentless MMA, where I wasn't having to do a whole lot. And I was just kind of coming in and, and doing, I were, we really weren't moving forward. And I was just kind of doing the same shit every day. Mm-hmm. And I just was starting to get lazy. Mm-hmm. And again, part of my, like, I think it's important for an individual to like have a personal identity of who you are and who you want to be and like doing the things that the person that you want to be does. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, um, some people do it different ways. One way was like, you know, the, the best, right, write down all the best, ver- like what the best version of yourself does. And then the worst version of yourself and like do the things that the best version of yourself does every day. So if you're like deciding on what to do or you're having issues, you think about, okay, so what would the superhero version of myself do versus the villain? Ver- you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Ed Milet does a thing about that. Anyway, I'm not going to dive into that, but like I started getting lazy and I didn't really have purpose. And then like I quit doing the podcast. It was like a lot of things at once. And I started getting super duper depressed mm-hmm. and having a lot of issues. And uh, I don't know. That's why I, like now past few weeks, I've just been like, I'm going to gotta get quit going. being a little bitch. Because yeah. really that's what it is. You're being a little bitch. Like if you have something you want to do and you're just not doing it and you don't know why, it's because you're a bitch. Mm-hmm. I mean, real talk. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. say it's whatever you want, but it's because you're a bitch. Because if you can't tell me, like, I mean, of course you can tell me a hundred thousand different, like, excuses for shit, but it's really because you're a bitch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you're like, oh, I just really want to lose weight, but you're still eating donuts. Yeah. You're a bitch. And I love fucking donuts. Don't get me wrong. It's my favorite shit. They're delicious. You know? Um, That's because you're a bitch. I think it's, I think it's Joe Rogan that says that conquering your inner bitch. Yeah. I I haven't heard that, but yeah. I think that's what he, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's true, man. Yeah. Andy Frisella. Do you know who Andy Frisella is? He's got a podcast. I do not. Uh, he owns, uh, do you know Freeform, like, I think, supplements? I, um, think, I think so, yeah. He owns that. He's a CEO of that, okay. of that supplement company. And he also does, like, a lot of, like, business coaching and, like, like life coaching type stuff. And he talks about it. He said, you know, everybody's got a voice in their head. Yeah. You got a bitch voice and you got a boss voice. Yeah. And every time you listen to your bitch voice, your bitch voice gets stronger. And every time you listen to yeah. your boss voice, your boss voice gets stronger. And so... Yep. Whichever one you're feeding. That's right. Every, whichever one you're feeding is getting stronger. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I just, I've pretty much just come to the point where what I'm going to do is I just needed to find somebody to do it with me because I'm not really good at being on the microphone by myself and um, just do it. Yeah, I can imagine that'd be hard doing it by yourself. Yeah, it is hard. It is hard. But it's I just different. Do it. I mean, like I say, it's the first time I've ever done it. So it's weird, but you know, it is a little weird. It's going, it is a little weird. I like it. I, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It just started messing with me a little bit, man. So I just, I was like, oh, excuse me. I just, uh, I just decided that I was going to do it. And that's why I texted you that day. It was just, I was having like a moment of like courage on it. I was like, hey, bro, do you want to do this? And so I was like, if I, because I knew if I told you, because a lot of people, myself included, struggle with like self-integrity, mm-hmm. but I don't have trouble with integrity with other people. Mm-hmm. So if I tell somebody else I'm going to do something, it like holds me accountable. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like yeah. if I tell you on Saturday, we're going to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. But if I'm just like, tell myself on Saturday, I'm going to do a podcast. I'm not doing that fucking podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, I, I try not to be that guy. Like that's like not the best version of myself or whatever, but like, that's, that's, that's what ends up happening. Yeah. Especially. I'll, exactly I'll, what you mean. Yeah. I'll get in here and I'll set everything up and then I'll just sit in front of the microphone. I'm like, what the fuck am I going <laughs> to talk about? <laughs> you know? And then I'll start it and come up with some bullshit or whatever. And I posted a few episodes um, that, you know, a few people have listened to, but it's nothing, I don't know. It's nothing hasn't, it just has not been good content. You know? So you just, you just like, you don't have a, like a plan, like what you're going to go. You just 
start going? Sometimes I did. Yeah, sometimes the few episodes I've done, I had a plan. One, and I tell you something else that helped me was um, listening to other people's like local podcasts, mm-hmm. and they all suck pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like and and some of them have like a lot of followers. Yeah. Like I listen to Theo Vaughn's podcast. You ever listen to his podcast? Uh, a few of them. It's not good. <laughs> it's really not good. Um, he's just the way he says shit is just really funny. He just he is yeah. He has a way of like communicating. <laughs> like even his stand up, he's one of my favorite stand up comedians. For a while, he was my favorite stand up comedian. He still is like top three, honestly. And the stuff he talks about is really not funny. Like yeah. what is actually coming out of his mouth? If you were to deliver it in any other way, would not yeah. be funny. His the del- way, way he delivers it. Yeah. His delivery is, oh my yeah. god, it's, it's so funny, funny yeah. dude. And his podcast is sort of that way. Like you can tell he had no idea what the fuck he was gonna say before he started that podcast. He had no clue. He just got on there and started got- talking. Let me see if I, I just spilled. I just spilled some tequila on the desk. I was looking for a rag. Right. Um, whatever. You want to do another shot? Sure. My problem. I don't have a drinking problem. <laughs> Excuse me, I didn't mean to cough into the... You did, you turned your head up, right? Yep. Um, I think, anyway. I don't have a drinking problem. I have a binge problem, though. <laughs> I drink like Once I'm... Once the wheels are going, yeah, you can't stop it. I drink like I'm riding a fucking roller coaster, dude. Like, I will drink probably once a month at the most. I'm going to do a little baby shot. Actually, no, I filled that up, actually. Um, I will drink once a month at the most, usually. But once I start drinking, it's like riding a roller coaster. Like that first shot, it's like getting to the top of it. And then I'm just along <laughs> for the ride, buddy. You just lift your hands up. And <laughs> just, I'm just along for the ride. And, and it's Halloween, you know. Oh, it is. Oh, speaking of that, y'all got a, a good setup out there. Thanks, man. Oh, yeah. Third one goes down super smooth. Did you say Balin and them did that? Yeah, I had nothing to do with it at all. They did a good, it's a good job. Nothing at all. I had um, absolutely zero to do with that Halloween setup out there. I, I wish I could with you compliment and I wish I could be like, yeah, man, we worked really hard on that last night. Literally, <laughs> I sat back here in my office and did some paperwork mm-hmm. and then I like went out there. I went and got the pizza for everybody. That was it. Mo helped some. That's and a cool setup. I think I think everybody's going to enjoy it. Yeah. I think they're going to come back and do a little bit more today. I'm not sure though, um, but I think they're pretty much done. That kicks yeah. off at seven? Yeah. Yeah. You'll yeah. be here tonight, right? Yeah. I'll yeah. Be. So. For those of y'all watching, we uh, we record this podcast at the office of my gym. I own a gym here in Columbus, Mississippi, Relentless MMA. And this is Halloween, and because you probably aren't, it's not going to be Halloween when you're listening to this. And uh, we have a pop party tonight uh, that, you know, a uh, somebody planned and is not going to be here because her van broke down in Biloxi. Mm-hmm. Not really her fault, but yeah, I hate that. halfway it is, though. Halfway. Because she drove her van into a Category 3 hurricane. Um, mm. or two, or whatever it was, but well, you know, it is what it is, so yeah. Is um, um so we, <clears throat> I think people are bringing food tonight, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, okay. yeah I'll bring something, and I've got to go shopping, I've got to get some drinks and some, some, some shit for it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a good time. We always have a good time at these parties. I'm uh, I'm a little, I'm a little concerned that, uh, I'm gonna turn up too much because I'm already drinking. <laughs> I'm already drinking. It's noon right now. Mm-hmm. Just got done teaching jujitsu, and it's noon, twelve oh five. The way we ride. Currently, I'm three shots in. Yeah, so we're, we're gonna see. We're gonna see how yeah. turned up I get tonight. I don't know why this just popped in my head, <clears throat> but you remember the other day when uh, 
they were training in the cage, Richie and them. And yeah. Richie's forehead hit the cage. Yeah. How painful that was. I don't know why that just popped in my head, but that to me was funny as hell. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that popped in your head either. I don't know why I was thinking about that. Not at all, but yeah. Dude, that does hurt. That was in hilarious. A, I've never had the cage hurt me in a fight, but you in don't training, realize how it hurts hard me it is. all the time. It's so <laughs> painful. You know what we need to do? Probably shouldn't say this on the podcast. What we need to do is start setting up, because that is the perfect setup to put on fights. We should start setting up some like some bare knuckle, like like some little underground fights, little smoker type things here at the gym. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'd be so down. You know, that's how I got into MMA. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. I, I know you know this story. I, for those of y'all listening, I got started in MMA because when I was 16 years old, me and my buddies started a little backyard fight club. And um, I was like kicking all these high school kids ass. And I thought I was big shit. <laughs> real talk man i was like beating the shit out of these high school kids or kids like right out of high school like 18 19 years old that had like been in three fights their entire life including elementary school and um i thought i was big shit dude and i walked into an mma gym that was not even a gym it was an attic <clears throat> yeah um, it was yeah we were in an attic of the police club we started off well i went to oliver's first um and then i took some time off i was still playing football still in high school and I walked in there, and I'm like, dude, I'm going to the UFC, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's my, that was my mindset, bro. It was so deluded. I was like, bro, I'm going to the UFC because, like, I'm I'm the baddest motherfucker ever. Yep. And um, there was these like amateur fighters there, and I'd been there for two weeks. You heard this story before, but I'd been there for two weeks, and they were like, hey, bro, uh, you want to take a fight? I'm like, shit, yeah, bro. That's what I'm here for, cuz. Like, I'd literally been training less than a month. And there, I was like, hell yeah, that's what I'm here for. Cause, all right, cool. We're going to see if you're ready. And I found out later one of the reasons they did this was because they knew that I was like the fight club guy and they did not <laughs> like me at all. They were, cause like I had like, I kind of had this name around town as being the baddest MFR in town. Like I was the baddest motherfucker in Columbus, Mississippi. And I was 18 years old, 17, 18 years old. And like, could not fight i couldn't fight like that was the craziest thing about it is i couldn't fight yeah i had done a little bit of like traditional martial arts a little bit of like boxing in the like with not a like high level coach at all and hold on so uh i found out later that's why they did that they're like well, yeah we'll get you a fight bro what's up but we're gonna fight test you, you gotta go with each of us uh fresh every round <laughs> all the fighters you, on the fight you probably team. thought you had it in the bag before I, that no was. i i knew that i knew they were better than me i did because i'd been rolling with them and stuff for yeah. the past i knew they i knew they they had me um like i just thought my potential biggest thing for me was like understanding my potential mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i thought my potential was a little greater than it was and truthfully had i moved to like a coconut creek at, or you know a jackson yeah. wink or somewhere like that I, there's a possibility i could have done oh, yeah. a lot better but I definitely would have, you know, most the majority of my fight career, I was like self-trained. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm, well, I say the majority, I mean, Kevin was helping and, but you know, he was, I had him two days a week, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was like traveling, I was at other camps and stuff. Um, but I wasn't anywhere that, you know, was incredible. And when I was, you know, I was only for like one or two days out of the week Mm -hmm. or something. Um, so anyway, they beat, the living dog shit out of me that night, man. I really didn't know how bad I sucked at fighting. Honestly, I thought I was pretty good. I didn't think I had it in the bag. Like I knew I was going to get beat up. I knew it wasn't going to be awesome, mm-hmm. 
but I didn't realize they were just going to literally beat the dog shit mm-hmm. out of me like that. Like, like it was embarrassing, honestly. <laughs> like, I'm really glad that nobody was there to witness how bad it was because they literally just dog walked me. And I think that's one of those moments as a, as a fighter or as a, as a person or, or whatever, like you, you have one of those moments. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember I was on my way home and I ran into Canyon and uh, my, my, my good buddy Canyon and, and Joe were at this girl's house who lived next to me. And like, they were out there hanging out and I stopped at their house at this girl's house. And I was like, guys, I just got the shit. Like literally I had been kicked in the leg probably four times the entire time out of all the rounds. It was only three or four rounds, three rounds, I think. Mm -hmm. And Kevin had kicked me once and it turned my whole side of my left thigh purple. Like the whole thing. He's got some strong kicks. Oh my, yeah, he has some, his, his calves were like tree trunks. Yeah. And, uh, little bitty ass Ben Lowry, who was a 155er. Strong as shit though. Beat the living shit out of me. Like in the first round, I had him first. That's funny. They gave me the littlest <laughs> dude first, and he beat the. He was the most experienced, but he beat the shit out of me. Like, like he was beating me up standing, and then I don't remember if he took me down or if I tried to take him down. And then he beat my ass on the ground, mm-hmm. um, and submitted me. And then we stood back up. And then I had Dustin Pumphrey, who was at that time I think one one seventy or one eighty five. He but he ended up going down. I think as low as forty five, if not mm-hmm. fifty five, and um. He beat the shit out of me really, really bad. Because I remember I was on the edge of the mat, and it was wood floors, and my head was overhanging the side of the mat. <laughs> and he, I, like, punched up at him like a hammer fist-style punch from mount because I thought I was going to win that trade. And he rained down these terrible punches from top. And bounced my head off that wood floor <laughs> like 19 times. <laughs> like literally, he bounced my head off that floor. I felt like such a bitch. And he was probably 20 pounds lighter than me at the time. <laughs> and then I had Kevin, who was the only person there bigger than me. He was like my size now. He was like 240. And he landed one kick. And I was like, fuck this shit. I'm done. And he would like move toward me and striking right. And I would run off the mat every single time he would move to me. I'd run off the mat, move to me, run off the mat. And I spent three minutes running away from him, like scared. I was exhausted after just three rounds of sparring. It wasn't even a fight. It was three rounds of sparring. And those I, are three tough ass dudes. It's three tough ass, especially at that time. Like yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. But then, yeah. Cause yeah. dude, I had a month, maybe three weeks of training. Yeah. You know, a little bit at Oliver's when they were still there. Isn't it funny, those reality checks like that? Because I had the same instance, you know, when I was coming out of the Marine Corps. You know, we'd done some Marine Corps martial arts, and they even have a program. But looking back on it now, it's junk. Yeah. It's junk. Yeah, it doesn't work. Because I come good. out the same way, and I was like. Mm-hmm. We offended some people just then. But you were in the Marine Corps, so we can say that. Yeah, but, yeah, dude, it's shit. I mean, well, that's what I was going to say. I come out, and I was like, I want me and my, my brother and I wanted to try MMA. And I was like, dude, I'm coming out of the Marine Corps. I, Marine Corps martial arts program. I've got this in a bag. <laughs> That's and hilarious. No, dude, it is junk. I went to that and it's unreal. I got handed. And I was yep. like, this is unreal. Marine Corps martial arts. Mm-mm. Yeah, doesn't, it doesn't work. It's not, <laughs> it's not good. No. Sorry, guys. Sorry. It's just, it doesn't. Uh, I mean, really I went in there thinking. Hand to hand combat yeah, systems it, of any branch of the military. Unless you're SEAL Team 6 or something like that, you're, the hand-to-hand training you're getting is not good. Yeah. It's just not. Because the majority – Well, and well they be, don't spend enough time on it. Right. To be fair, okay, 
How many times are you really in a combat situation going hand to hand? Right. Never. They don't give a shit. Well, that's what I'm saying. They don't spin it up. They teach you a few things, like a couple of basic arm bars and some chokes and that, but then you don't train it again for another six months. Right. Or they may do it different now. This, you know, granted, this was back in, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Right. But I thought the same thing coming out of the Marine Corps. I was like, man, I'm a United States Marine. I've got a, they have a belt structure also. Yeah. I think it goes um, tan belt, gray belt, green belt, brown belt, black belt. Okay. And I got into a gray belt, which is, I don't know, I guess if you want to compare it, maybe a, a four stripe white or a blue belt. Yeah. But it's not even comparing. I'm just saying, you know, right, growing, right, right, going right. up the ranks. Right. Anyway, so I was like, well, I got a gray belt in Marine Corps martial arts. I mean, I go in here and these dudes ain't going to handle me. Yeah. Wrong. Dude, I've trained several <laughs> like black belts in Marine Corps martial arts. <laughs> I got handed. Yeah. I, I've even trained some guys that were like instructors yeah, in Marine Corps martial arts and it, they weren't good. It's, I mean, they're, it's, they're, 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 yeah, they were not good at all. Yeah. It, you know? it is the same way. I mean, and, and there's an athleticism factor for sure. And that's something I had to check myself on because I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pretty good athlete, mm-hmm. and I'm not incredible. I'm not a UFC level athlete. I'm not like going to Division One college football athlete. I'm not a, you know what I mean, anything like that. But I'm a pretty good athlete compared to the mm-hmm. average guy out walking around. I'm a pretty good athlete, and I've had to check myself a little bit on that. But I've also had some really good athletes come out with black belts and Marine Corps martial arts and roll with mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And as a purple belt and blue belt, they couldn't hang. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like. And, and it wasn't just like jujitsu, you know, it was like full MMA or whatever, and they just didn't have it. And, yep. but to be fair, once again, how many times in a in a combat theater are you going right hand to hand and like punching somebody? You know, it's just not going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. like the most important thing is, how, you know, if you can shoot, you know, like your mindset stuff like that. So, yeah, a lot of people. I remember I had this guy. One of the funniest things is when I I'm training people who are military mm-hmm. or former military. And, um, or not even training. Usually if I'm training somebody, if somebody's in the gym, they kind of have the the right mindset. They're like, mm-hmm. okay, I want to learn. I want to like get mm-hmm. better. Um, but the, the toughest place is like in the bar, like with the UFC, UFC fights are showing mm-hmm. something. Like, I probably had too many shots. Um, I'm starting <laughs> to slur my words a little bit. Um, probably next time just do two, three might be too many. Um, and they're just like, yeah, well, you know, in the Marine Corps or in the army, they don't train us to fight. <laughs> you know what I'm, yeah, you know what I'm saying. They train us to kill. Killers. I'm a killer. Yeah, it's like with a fucking gun, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like that's like I can kill you with a gun. Yeah. Like shit, a fucking K bar. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like cool. That's cool. But yeah. like, <laughs> but hand to hand, you're not gonna have that opportunity. I'm gonna kill you. Uh-uh. I'm gonna choke you to death, and that's gonna be the end of it. You know. So. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, this is not a diss on the military at all. Um, I feel like I can have this conversation with you on here because you are from military and I'm not, but yeah, anyway, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. It's, it, I see something else that's crazy, dude. I had a guy posted, uh, on his Facebook today. You got to watch this. Hold on. I don't really have a way to show it. Like I don't, I'm not Joe Rogan. Um, but you got to watch it. Ridge, you know, Ridge, right? Ridge Blackburn. Mm-hmm. He posted a thing. It was this Kempo karate guy teaching ground techniques. Oh. <laughs> Holy shit, bro. Bro. You got to watch it. We can't, I can't really show it in here. Cause I don't think it would like make sense for you guys like listening on the podcast, but it was the biggest loaded dog shit I've ever seen in my, in my life. I've never seen anything that bad. Yeah. He was like, 
bro, it's insane. Hold on one second. <laughs> it was so bad, though. Seriously. All right. So let me see if I can. Like, he was inside this dude's guard. And he was like, yeah, the guard is, is shit. Like, you don't want to be inside somebody's guard. And here's the thing. In a street fight, mm-hmm. I don't even disagree with him. Honestly, I don't want right. to be in guard in a street fight. Right, yeah. I don't know any jujitsu guy that would ever tell you in a street fight you want to be in guard. I've never heard a jujitsu guy say that. No. Guard is like you lost the like somebody took you down. They were bigger and stronger than you. They took you down. They got on top of you and they're beating the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. And then you get to guard. That's what guard is for. Guard is not like I'm in a street fight. I'm going to pull fucking guard. Negative. Not That's me. not what it's for. That's not the purpose of it, right? Right. I've been doing jujitsu for. We've both been doing jujitsu. You on and off me steadily for twelve years. Yeah. I would never want to be in guard in a street fight. Okay. And honestly, unless I knew like there was anybody else involved, I wouldn't be on the ground at all. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, I I can stand right. and yeah, bang stand, too. Yeah. Um. But no, that's that's the. Uh, this guy was like he like was inside this guy's guard. He's like, I'm gonna pop this foot up. And I'm going to drive my elbow down into his pancreas. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, bro. You are out of your mind. I've seen I, those videos, man. Like, you'll see some guys and he's like, I'm going to hit this guy with a liver 52. Oh, it's liver like, <laughs> like, you know, it's like, it's like pressure points and shit like that. And it's like, it's so stupid. I, man, that's crazy. Or a it's fucking, so stupid. A Judy chop, you know? A Judy <laughs> chop him. This ninja chop him. Yep. That, uh, yeah, that, that stuff doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. You know, we talk about this a good bit, but the, uh, like the chi blast and like the dudes who can just sit in a chair and and, and manipulate your body mechanics with a, Get I don't, what is it like a force here. field or something? Yeah, like? the, it's chi. It's in your body, bro. <laughs> it's chi. What you don't know about chi, West? Come yeah, on, bro. You've been in martial arts for twelve years. You don't know about chi. I hadn't got to that to that level yet. I hadn't either. My question is like, if that shit worked, why the fuck is nobody using it? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, get the fuck out of here, man. You're I mean, telling me nobody's using this shit. You be even the pressure points, right? And they're, they're okay. So you want to talk about pressure points? Like, there are spots on the on the face you can hit somebody. Like, you you catch them in the jaw, you catch yeah. them in the temple, whatever. Mm-hmm. You're gonna knock them out. But all this, like, I'm gonna press your wrist right here. Then I'm gonna like. Then I'm gonna tap your thigh and your ankle. And then I'm gonna like. I'm gonna like ridge hand you in the neck, and you're gonna go to like <laughs> shut the fuck up, man. I'm gonna palm you in your forehead and then tap you in your neck and get then the hit f- you with an underarm. It's get like get the it's fuck like, out of here. It doesn't work. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Are you kidding me? You're telling me okay, but I, you know what's even more shit is that those people have followers. Dude. They, they do believe that shit is not real. only that. Some of these guys are doing like they have big schools. Dude, some of these dudes' schools are like huge, and you got people in the audience that are like taking notes and shit. And it's like, what are you? And the clapping, yeah, dude. It's like, the, man. the video that I was that I was that I was uh, talking about. You, you seriously go watch it. Um, let me see if I can find who shared it. You know, Rich Blackburn, who he's a black belt in Starville. He he's the one who shared it originally. Um, and I watched it. Oh, he's a marine, also. He's a good guy. Yeah. Um, let me see here. He shared it. He's a black belt in jujitsu and. Um, let me see if I can find it here. Hold on. Hold on. Ground fighting. It's on YouTube. Um, let me see if I can see who shared this. Guys, y'all gotta go watch this shit. Don't fall for this ridiculous uh Valeri video. Yeah, they have one point two four thousand subscribers that what? watch their <laughs> shit. And um they have six thousand views on this video, which I'm imagining the majority of which um fall into like people that watched it 
because it's funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? 6,000 oh, yeah. views. Like, I imagine yeah. it's like jujitsu guys sharing the shit. Because it's, dude. All right, hold on. Let's see if I can turn the sound on. One second. Oh, I'm still hooked up to the speaker oh. outside. Yeah, I was wondering what was going on. Damn, that scared the hell out of me. I was like, what is going on out in the gym? Hold on, hold on. That was his pancreas thing. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's true on the feet too, though. I don't. I agree, but yes, and so that's just oh whatever. I'm not I'm not even gonna do it because it's whatever. But that's just insane to me, dude. That's it, just insane to me. Like, and then he's like, you know, I'm on the ground, and then his two buddies show up with knives, and they're gonna stab me. Yeah, it's gonna happen if you're on your feet too. What do you? Hell, hell yeah. The only let me tell you the best defense to two guys showing up with knives. Is run your fucking ass off. Yeah. That's the only defense. Don't be a hero. Bro, there's no win in that fight. No. Dude, and this is coming from a guy. All right, so those of you guys listen at home, I'm six foot three. I'm 240 pounds. Not a fat, shitty 240 pounds. Mm-hmm. I'm, a six, I'm six foot three, 240, mm-hmm. 230, probably 235. Like fairly solid, black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, mm-hmm. pro fighter, okay, boxer, MMA, whatever. Okay. I've actually never had a sanctioned professional MMA fight, though. Um, just throwing that out there. <laughs> just, you know, for the trolls. Anyway, um, and two guys show up with knives. I'm dead in that fight. I don't care if I'm on the mm-hmm. ground or standing. There's no there's no win in that fight. Yeah, I'm running. now. And to, and to be fair, you can't run if you're in guard. But, yeah, right. Right, so that, that's the upside to not being, being on the ground. But I don't know, man. It's just like... Like these guys are just grasping at straws to stay relevant. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. they're, gra- they're grasping at straws to stay relevant. They're grasping yeah. at straws to like try to try to keep their martial art alive in a world that has begun to realize that they're. But they know people are going to feed into it though. So I mean, they, right? They, yeah. That's like the whole chi blast thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you when you really start doing research into this, into the because there was a time that I wasn't one hundred percent convinced that it wasn't true. And that time was when I was a small child. <laughs> okay. And that's the only appropriate time for you to believe that this is real. Is like, I mean, after 13, 14 years old, you should be like, mm, that's bullshit. So when I yeah. was a kid, but I start seriously as, as a teenager, I did some research into it. And then as I got in MMA, I started doing more because I already knew it was ridiculous, but I was like, I want to see what it is. And they were like, well, if, if you don't believe in it, it right. doesn't work. Well, Listen let, to that again. Yeah. If you don't believe in it. Right. Hold on. If you don't believe in it, it doesn't work. <laughs> Look, you know what's even funnier than that is when they do cheese somebody down. You got like eight guys around them that'll sit them up, cross their damn legs. They start, they <laughs> slapping, start slapping them neck. on the back. And they, what in the hell is that? I don't what know. They're, wa- they're waking him up, bro. They're <laughs> reawakening his chi, homie. Make sure you cross his legs. He's got to cross his legs. We got to sit him up right. One of my, this is one of my favorite topics is talking about fake martial arts, man. It's, it's honestly... It's one of my favorite things to talk about because it's so ridiculous. And I think it comes from the fact that for so long, um, Americans were just not exposed to, like, real fighting. Mm-hmm. That's why, dude, until the, up into the 1990s, people thought professional wrestling was real. Oh, no doubt, yeah. Think about that. Dude, yeah. I did. Yeah. When I, and then, I, like, I was, I was very, like... You could have straight-up arguments with people and say wrestling is fake, and they're like, no way, dude. I yeah. saw so-and-so bash so-and-so over the head with a chair and this and that. It's like, yeah. 
Cause. And honestly, those people are still out there today. Uh, There's yeah, still people yeah. out there in 2020 that believe, like, professional wrestling has not even attempted to to uh, th- say that they're real mm-hmm. until, like, like in the past 10 years, 5, 10 years. I don't know. Maybe longer than that. And there is still, in 2020, there is some fat redneck wearing an ICP t-shirt that is convinced <laughs> that the professional wrestling is legitimate. Now, don't get me wrong. They are. There are some wrestlers that are they are legitimate athletes but it's, it's okay not, it's not real though right i agree okay it's not real yeah but those people think that since they're such good athletes they are incredible real, athletes. that it's real oh, dude man, I, have, I have a lot the of new world order is real but the fact that, that w, the wwf <laughs> wwe wcw like they were able to do that back in the 90s it's, really <laughs> just goes to show how stupid yes, people are yes like how yep. incredibly dumb to actual violence the average individual really is Yep. Because that shit didn't even look like fighting. No. Not even a little. No. You know? And so, I don't know, man. Just, you 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 have these people that buy into this chi blast and this pressure point knockout shit and this nerve cluster. And I'm not even saying all of it's not 100, like 100% that it's all 100% a lie. But like you have people that buy into this and you just, you just... Are it's it's dumbfounding to me, mm-hmm. and I think it goes back to the fact that like they had never really been exposed to real like hand to hand violence, yeah, and or maybe it's like magicians like you want it to be real so it is mm-hmm. to you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I don't know, I don't, I, I just don't get it. But but you have people that pay hundreds of dollars a month to go to these schools and learn this, and like the top level program is like their chi blast shit, yeah. Like, that's, like, the most it passes. Like, yeah. Oh, you got to be a black belt for so many years before I even teach you. And you can knock people into the wall. Yeah. Would just I'm going to put force. you to sleep with my, with my yeah. Kamea, Kamea, Kamea wave or what. You know, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. I, mm-hmm. I, I just feel like people, like, television was people's, like, only link to, like, actual violence. That's why people believe that Michael J. White could, could go fight in the UFC at, at heavyweight and do well. That's why. That's yeah. why people believe yeah. that Bruce Lee's the greatest martial artist of all time. Mm. That's why. Because they don't know any better. They're stupid. Yeah. You're dumb. You're not educated. It, like you know, I'm, I'm stepping on some toes on this one. I don't give a shit. That's why people believe that Bruce Lee was the greatest. That's why people yeah. believe that, that Jason Statham could go compete in the UFC. Mm-hmm. They don't know. Because their only, they're only um, rep frame of reference for hand-to-hand violence is movies mm-hmm. and television. Mm-hmm. They don't know any better. They don't know the difference yeah. between a choreographed fight scene and an actual fight. They don't know. Yep. They really don't know. Yep. Yep. And they, they don't realize it. Like you say, choreographed. They, I mean, they practice those moves thousands of times to make it look good on film. Not, not only the but fact it, that they pra- practice those moves that like. So then they see it that one time. Says so and so did that damn jumping, flying, spinning back kick, and it was. Perfection. Well, I mean, they, well, probably, yeah. they probably recorded it seventy-five well, it, times. It's also a, it's also a lot different when you're talking about a, a an opponent that's fighting back. Yeah, it's a different thing. Mm-hmm. It's insane to me the people that don't understand that it's a different mm-hmm. thing when somebody's well, fighting the, back. And that's the thing about mixed martial arts too. You're like they're good martial artists, but when you're mixing martial arts, you've got you've got several skill sets. So you're like a right like a Swiss Army knife compared to a pocket knife right you know what i mean there's no doubt bruce lee was a good martial artist jason statham was a good mar- even i think wesley snipes isn't he a damn like a karate expert or whatnot but those I'm are just sure. one 
one uh uh one tier martial artist. Right. Well, I'll I'll, t- I'll tell you this, okay? And whoops. I just made a mess. Uh I'll tell you this, okay? Move that tequila ball over there, um, over to the other side of the table. And then it's we'll good, t- though, isn't it? It is good. This eighteen hundred is is fire. We're drinking a bottle of fifth of eighteen hundred. We're about half, we're about halfway through the bottle, doing this podcast. That's good. Yeah, um, it is good. So, when you're talking about a like a fighter mm-hmm. versus a martial artist, okay, I'm I'm not saying that Wesley Snipes, Jason Statham. Uh, Michael J. White, that they're not good martial artists. Right, they, exactly, and a lot of yeah. them compete. I'm not saying that they're not good right. martial artists. I'm just saying that an actual fight is a different thing. It, yeah, 100%. It's yep. a different thing. And, yep. and a lot of traditional martial arts are not based around actual fighting. Right. A lot of kung fu, karate, taekwondo, and even Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. I'm, just to be honest, and I'm a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu does not transfer into an actual fight. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for me to know how to do a De La Hiva. Mm-hmm. In an actual fight, there's no reason for me to know how to to, to invert. There's mm-hmm. no reason like like a lot of this shit just doesn't transfer. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for me to be sitting down and guard in an actual fight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there's a lot of non tangibles that go into being a fighter, and yeah. that that people just don't see. If mm-hmm. you're not coaching fighters, and and I coach fighters for a living, and or I coach people for a living, and I some of them are fighters. Because uh, out of my, th- what, 330 clients, I think I have like four fighters but mm-hmm. that actually fight in MMA. But Well, you've got some Muay Thai fighters also. Yeah, a few. But, I mean, just overall, I'd say 1% to 2%. Mm-hmm. I'd say less than 10% for sure of my clients are fighters. Um, but there's some non-tangible things that you look for. Okay, for instance, if I was like to judge, let's say Hannah's skill based on her ability to throw spinning, flying, and fancy footwork techniques, where would we rate her as a fighter in a one to ten scale? Mm-hmm. A two, a one. She can't do that shit. Right. This is not in her. But if we're judging how she performs when you mm-hmm. lock that cage in there with another 125 pound girl, she's a freaking she's a monster. Eight or nine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ten. Fuck it. You know what I mean? She's a monster. She destroys these girls. There's a lot of non tangibles people don't realize. Right. Um. Not even just athletically, but also like mentally. Okay, if you're a f- that's a big part of it, right? Huge. When when you start thinking about mentally locking yourself in a cage with another man or woman that has done nothing for the past three months but train to fight two months, whatever to train, but train to fight you. To that, that's the key to fight you. Fight you. Yeah. They, yeah. They're in there to fight you, bro. Mm-hmm. They're in, they're in there to take your head off. Period. Yeah. They they are fighters, and you lock yourself in that cage. The mental toughness factor. The 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 conditioning, not just being in shape. Because you look at somebody who's muscled up and ripped up does not mean that they're conditioned to, to fight. Um, the mental toughness, the the ability to take a shot. And for me, that was an issue. I could take a shot. For me, was the just the mental toughness and conditioning. Mm-hmm. Like being so tired and being able to push through. Like people don't see those things. Mm-hmm. And that's things, those things only a small percentage of the population have. Mm-hmm. Only a small yeah. percentage of the population have the ability to go 10, 15, 20, 25 minutes deep into a fight. Mm-hmm. The majority of humans only have the mental toughness for about two to three minutes of a fight at the most. And that's yeah, your yeah. tougher guys. Most people, 30 seconds to a minute, can mix with their conditioning. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not accounting for each each person's different on their own ad- adrenaline dump as well. True. Big factor as well. True. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's hit this. Boom. Like Shot of tequila. This is number four. Probably way too many. Mm-hmm. 
uh, it's hard though. Yeah, because I'm already. I'm gonna be honest. I'm already leaning. Oh yeah, I'm drunk. Yep. I, everybody <laughs> probably listening to this probably thinks I'm a lightweight, and that's because I am. I don't drink a whole lot, and I haven't had anything to eat today. I had a bowl of raisin bran when I first woke up. That's it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's after lunchtime now, and I'm, I'm yeah. filling these shots most definitely. But I'm drinking like I'm riding a roller coaster. Yep. I'm just along for the ride. You know what I mean? But it's good though. I'm having a good time. Yeah, I'm too. Yeah. So, um, for instance, when you have a fighter, I've had a lot of fighters that like on pads look amazing. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like Hell on yeah. pads, oh, they, yeah. look, they look awesome. And when we're not sparring hard, they look really good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're be sparring and they they look crisp, they look clean. And I've had fighters that like when they're winning in the fight, they look really, really good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Dude, when they're up, when they're winning the exchanges, when they're not tired and the other guy is, whatever, dude, they look amazing. Mm-hmm. But there's going to come that time when you're fighting for a living and you're fighting consistently. Like, I'm not talking one or two MMA fights. I'm talking like you're fighting a lot. You're going to get put into some bad situations. Of course. And what happens is with these guys, especially guys that are, and girls that are really, really good athletes, they fold in those situations. Mm-hmm. They get in those situations and they fold mm-hmm. because they they don't have it. Yep. Oftentimes, that especially is common with really good athletes because they're so athletic in training and in their earlier fights. This is what happened to me. Um, I had won all these backyard fights, and in my training, I was just smoking everybody all the time, and I got into the cage in my first couple of MMA fights. I think I had two minutes of overall um, fight time mm-hmm. in my first two fights. I finished my first guy in like a minute and 10 seconds, my second guy in 50 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then in my third fight, I fought a guy who I couldn't just walk over, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in the second round, I was dead. Is that like, the guy that looked like a miniature Chet Congo? No, I beat him. No, I beat him. No, that was like way later. It was I don't think I'm, I'm it was Ryan sure. Caprari. It was um, okay. This was probably 2009, late 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. It was late 2009. I was uh, just turned 19. And I fought this guy on two weeks' notice. I cut to 170 pounds. Mm-hmm. It was my first cut to 170. I did it on short notice. He fought out of Allen Belchers, mm-hmm. and he was a three-stripe blue belt. And that had me scared because um, my instructor was a no-stripe blue belt. Mm-hmm. My The guy who was teaching me jiu-jitsu was a blue belt. Yeah. This guy was a three-stripe blue belt. So he had better jiu-jitsu than the guy that mm-hmm. I trained with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So not even been a four-stripe. I don't remember. And so – hold on. <coughs> Excuse me. So we um, we went in the first round, and I felt like I'd won the first round. Mm-hmm. And then the second round, dude, I couldn't get off the stool. I was so exhausted. I couldn't even get to the stool after the first round was over, partly because I'd done a really shitty cut, yeah, super shitty cut. Secondly, because I only had two weeks to get in shape. and But thirdly, because I'd never had anybody really test me. I'd never been drugged into that deep water out of that mm-hmm. first round. My All my fights pretty much had been, had been ended in the first round. Even my backyard fights, all. I'd had like two or three come out of the first round mm-hmm. out of like, 12 Mm -hmm. and so i'd never really been tested and so the first guy that really tested me drug me into that deep water and i just i had nothing in that third round i mean i I couldn't i could hardly stand and that was like a learning experience for me you know um then it gets mental then yeah and you're like whoa right and then it started making me second guess everything yep and second guessing my whole career (laughs) <laughs> like everything and then I turned around I fought another dude in December on two days notice at 185 oh man and he was I think he had had like 13 I fought I took it was two months apart I'd moved up a weight class though for that fight 
Um, but at this time, I was walking at 200 pounds. Yeah. You know, 195, 200. And this guy had had 13 or 14 pro fights, and I had just hit my one-year mark of training, not fighting. Damn. I had just hit my 13-year mark. But I, this was my fourth fight. So within my first year of training, I had four fights. Mm-hmm. Um, I started training, no, really seriously training, November of 2008. Mm-hmm. I took my first fight late winter, like March of 2009. Mm-hmm. And then um, I fought again May of 2009. I fought this guy in October of 2009. And then this last fight was December 2009. It's like a couple weeks before Christmas. And I had just hit my one-year mark of training. And he had had like 13 or 14 amateur fights. This was his pro debut. Um, and he beat me pretty badly, right? He, yeah, he was, he was, um, he was a really good looking guy, man. Like just (laughs) honestly, he was the prettiest boy I'd ever fought. He, uh, he was a really good looking guy and he knows it too. You get on his Facebook page. I'm not going to say his name because I'm, I'm not even picking fun. Like honestly, he really is really pretty. He's just a handsome dude. He's a really (laughs) handsome guy. Yeah. Um, and he had had a bunch of fights. He was about the same height as me, same, you know, about six, three, he was ripped up. He looked like he should have been on the cover of Muscle and Fitness magazine when you look at him. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'll say his name. His name was Dustin Rhodes. I mean, he was, you know, oh, yeah. he uh, he fought Grady. I don't know if you remember yeah, fighting yeah. Grady mm-hmm. that night that Hannah fought. And I fought him on two days' notice. And um, I just uh, I just gassed in the first round. It was five-minute rounds. He beat me like a little over three minutes in the first round. Um, and it was just like I started really questioning things at that point. Yeah. I was like, well, it's probably because I'm not getting any good training. Then. Well, that's what a lot of people don't realize, though. That once once the the physical part goes, then you got to you still got the mental game right. to carry, and the mental game is tough. It's so tough. It's the toughest part. On fight day, it's the toughest thing for sure. The physical it's tough. It's tough for me the entire like for uh, leading up to a jujitsu tournament or like even back when I took them fights. Like my mind is yeah. the toughest opponent. Right, right. Mine too for and, sure. Keyboard warriors and trolls on it—they don't understand. They're just like, no. well, they don't give a dick twist. Yeah, they don't give a <laughs> shit. They don't give a shit. They don't give a shit. But people—that's—and that's my issue when people start to giving actors the, right, yeah. the 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 role of greatest martial, greatest fighter yeah. of all time, greatest martial artist of all time. Like, no, you can't do that. Because to be the greatest martial artist of all time, you should be the greatest fighter of all time, or at least mm-hmm. one of them. You know what I mean? Like, martial arts is fighting. There's no way around that. You can say it's mindset, whatever, and that all plays a big role. But it's fighting. And if you can't go out and perform as a fighter, you can't have the role. The the yeah. you can't have the name of greatest martial artist of all time. Martial arts martial arts is fighting. Period. I don't care what anybody says. It's fighting. So when people rank Bruce Lee over Hicks and Gracie, or Anderson Silva, yeah, or GSP, or, or, or GSP, whatever, like, yeah. and they're like, "Well, I don't know, man. In a real fight, who would have got it? Hicks and Gracie, yeah, GSP, he, Anderson Silva." They're fighters. They they really fight. They're not movie stars. Yeah. Get the idea of a movie star versus a fighter out of your head, bro. That's not the same Get thing at all. It's yeah. insane to me that in the wealth of knowledge that we have in 2020, it's 2020, literally anything that you want to know is a click away in your phone. You have a computer in your pocket. You can have any information that you want. You can watch, watch almost any video you want. Mm-hmm. Dude, you can see naked women. You can watch You can watch people fight <laughs> to the death in a street buck. What, anything you want to watch, it's on there, okay? And you still choose to be ignorant enough to believe that an actor is the greatest martial artist of all time. That's a choice. You're making a choice to be stupid, yep. period. Um, talking about that, 
having a phone or a camera and the access internet, all that small computer in your pocket. <clears throat> Last night, um, my wife and I were talking to our kids. One of them has snuck into a Christmas present. Okay. We don't know who it was. Right. Y'all have Christmas presents wrapped in shit? We, no, not, a, but we have, we have some up in the closet. Nice. Damn. And one of the boxes was open. And so we were asking them like, <laughs> which one of y'all got into these presents? Yeah. They wasn't going to confess. And so I, I pulled out the old, you know, I was like, well, I got a camera hidden in the closet. So I'm just going to go check it. I've hit them with that before. Yeah. They didn't believe me. Of course, they didn't believe me. Yeah. Smart kids. Matter of fact, I did have an old video camera in there that I'd gotten like 15 years ago for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) So I pulled it out and I said, see, I got my camera here. I'm fixing to find out. And they were like, oh, shit. Oh, snap. Anyway, long story short. It's about to get real (laughs) in the Dunham household. I changed the batteries in it. And put new batteries in it to look at it. And on the damn memory card was where I had sat it down in the old gym on McCrary. And John Dixon was giving a seminar. Wow. I was a white belt. You were a blue belt. Damn. And I got that. I looked at it last school, night. Bro. Old as shit. That is and old he come school. down and gave a seminar. So did anybody ever confess to the presence? No. No? No. But that's what I was going with. I, Damn. Your you bluff said got that about called that as a motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Damn, your bluff got called. Yeah. That sucks. But uh, I'll bring that up here. Got that, yeah, bring that got up Got that here. footage of John Dixon on uh, giving a damn seminar. And hell yeah. It was, like, it was me, you. Brahim. Uh, Brahim was, was in it. Kevin was there. Uh, I Canyon remember the seminar. And, oh, yeah. Uh, we used to call him Machida. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't remember his real name. God. Jeremy Duncan. Jeremy. That's yeah. Yep. Yeah, my old Machida. I just remember him as Machida. Yep. I kind of forgot his real name there for a second. A lot of people call him Blasian because they thought yeah, he was half Blasian, black, half Asian. It, yeah. You know what's funny about that? He is not half black. Is he not? No, his stepdad was black. His real dad was Filipino. <laughs> oh, shit. Everybody called him Blasian because everybody was convinced he was half black. And he was not half black. That is hilarious Damn. to me. I just I was telling somebody about that the other day. I was like, man, we had this guy in the gym. Everybody called Blasian. <laughs> Like, not us. Everybody in the gym. Uh, our gym called him Machita because he looked like Leo to Machita. He just filled me in on something because I thought he was. Everybody <laughs> thought he was half black, yeah, half Asian. And he is not. Not even huh. a little bit black. There's no black in his in his DNA at all. Dang. He told me that after I had known him for almost a year. Like, I've been training him for almost a year. He was like, yeah. Uh, well, I'm not actually black. And I'm like, holy shit, because he looks like he, he could have does. black on it in him. Yeah, he doesn't look hair. like he's 100 Yeah, he's, he's kind of darker complected yep. than most Asian people. He's half Korean, half Filipino. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's why he's huh. a little darker complected. I swear I thought he was. His I biological was dad, yeah. I, I'm, I hope he's not, I'm not putting some information out there. He doesn't want everybody to know, because he may have told me that in confidence, but I don't remember him it saying be, that. He's like that sometimes. I doubt he'll <laughs> ever hear this podcast. Um, But yeah, we got... We got a few. Neither one of them confessed to it. Yeah, that's one of them got into it. But that's they're, why they're like a steel trap. That's why I try not to uh, make threats. I know I can't follow through with. Yeah, <laughs> with my kids. I was hoping that you know because yeah, you gonna break them seven. Yeah, you know, I thought he'd be like, oh, shit, all right, he got a camera in there. Well, that I mean, maybe, but maybe no, that means he didn't do it. They are sticking to it. That's I mean, smart. I even pulled that camera out, put new batteries in it, and I turned it on. Said. Doo-doo-doo-doo. And they're like, oh, shit, he did have a camera in there. Fuck. Thing been set up. For like Let me years. tell you something. Something that I learned from uh, from 90s music, bro. It wasn't me. Who sings that? Uh, the damn Shaggy. Shaggy. Yeah, it wasn't me. Even uh, caught me on the camera. Yeah. Wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> Even caught me in the shower. Wasn't me. Like, shit, just stick yeah. to your guns. Uh, I had a buddy. It? I'm it not going to use my buddy's name because I don't want to <laughs> put him out there like that. My buddy used to tell me that all the time. He's like, bro, you get caught. 
It wasn't me, bro. It was not it. me. Like I got you on camera, motherfucker. Shit, I don't know how, cause it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Wasn't me, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, man. He was like that. Was that shit? Um, last year, I, I tell you about Sawyer in the presence last year. No. Uh-uh. All right. So, so yeah, it was last year. It was Christmas time, and um, so I'm gonna be honest with people at home. We just had to pause because we both had to piss. <laughs> It's amazing how just like these little baby shots make you have to pee. They're filling me up. Bruh. We have gone through that half bottle. Yeah, we've done half a fifth already during this podcast. So, um, it was last Christmas, and he his favorite movie was The Grinch. Uh-huh. And I think that was the cause of it. I think he just like really wanted to be The Grinch. I, I'm not sure. So, um, <laughs> super funny. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail <laughs> on what I did, all of it here. But anyway, he uh, he gets all the Christmas presents from under the tree. We're like three weeks out from Christmas and takes them all up to his room and unwraps every Christmas <laughs> present that we had. All of them. Right. Every Christmas present we had. He um, Balin, my wife, goes upstairs and catches him. In the act of unwrapping all, it was all they were already unwrapped. Oh man, catches all of them unwrapped. He gets in trouble, and she's like getting on to him, and he's just like, "I'm not sorry." Like I don't <laughs> give, like, like I don't give a shit, basically. So she, I'm at, I'm here at the gym. I'm at work, and she's like, "You got to come home and deal with this kid because he is fucking crazy." Like he does not care. Like I've already Just opened all of them. I've already spanked him, grounded him, whatever. He does not care at all. So I come home, and I'm gonna be honest, y'all. I give this kid a butt whooping of his lifetime. He's in trouble. I sit him in the corner for like an hour. Um. Yeah, like it was, it was like the biggest thing ever, right? So he he did care. Literally, <laughs> less than a week later. He did the same shit no, again. No, he did not. Did he? He got all the Christmas presents, stole them, took them oh. upstairs to his room and unwrapped them after we had went and wrapped all the Christmas presents again. Damn. All of them. He, like, not just his, everybody. Because he was three. He couldn't read. Was, he had just turned four. <laughs> he was turning four. You know, his birthday falls like a couple days before Christmas, so he's about to turn four. And he did not, like, he just... He didn't care. He was. Just, he went up there and like he was all just, of them. All of them. Every present we had unwrapped. Every single one of them. Took them all out of the bags. All of them out, like unwrapped them. Everything. Yeah, that was Damn. That, that was it. He and he was a gangster about it too. He scares me a little. He's a gangster. He's a gang. He's way more gangster than I was as a kid. And I was a gangster kid. And he's I, more gangster. I never than me. opened all the presents. There was one time. <coughs> see, I grew up in Texas. Yeah, and when I was young, <coughs> I'm a Texas Longhorn fan now. Yeah. But when I was younger, I had a good friend of mine who was a Texas A&M Aggies fan. Okay. And I thought I wanted to be a Texas A&M Aggie fan. Yeah. So I had to ask for, that's back when jumpsuits, like not jumpsuits, uh, windsuits were big. Oh, damn. So I was like, man, I wanted a Texas A&M Aggies. You're old. <laughs> windsuit. When I, yeah. was, I mean, I was a child, man. Yeah. I, was, I was probably in third, fourth grade. Yeah. Maybe even just, younger than that. Just the fact that, that windsuits were popular. <laughs> that lets me know how so old I you are. So I wanted one and their colors are maroon and white. Or yeah. Like, you know, something along the lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a present under the tree, and it was squishy, and I was like, man, that's got to be my windsuit. I want that. I want to open it up and see if it is. So I poked a hole in it, and it was maroon, and I was like, oh, shit. I'm get, I've am i got the Texas A&M Aggies, the windsuit that I've been wanting. Yeah. It was like two weeks before Christmas. Yeah. I was like, hell yeah, dude. 
So I didn't go back and and I turned it over on its side. And I left the hole on the the bottom side to where nobody would see that I poked a big ass hole in it. To see what it was. <laughs> Come Christmas morning, I opened the bastard up and it's a Washington Redskins jacket. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, damn. Karma has bit me in the ass. I should have never poked. But if I wouldn't have poked, it'd probably been a Texas and Maggie's. You think so? I think so, but you never know. That so I, I haven't I haven't peaked on present since, man. Got him. And good thing because I end up realizing that I didn't want to be an Aggies fan, and you know, right? You went back to the Longhorns. Yeah. But if I would have never poked a hole in it, it probably would have been what I wanted. But. I don't know about that. I know it's not, but that's just how I felt. Yeah. So at the time, I was like, man, I'll never peek on a present again. Yeah. Sense. I, see, to me, when I was a kid, the whole point of Christmas was like finding the presents before they wrapped them. Just hunting around. Like yeah. That. that was it. That was the whole point of Christmas. Like, I didn't give a shit about anything else. <laughs> like, I just wanted to find the presents. <laughs> My parents got so burned out, they quit hiding. They started hiding I mean, them, doing a really shitty search. job. Yeah. They, they, like, I found them every year. They were like, well, we're not, we're just going to quit trying. And if you want to know what your presents are, we don't give a shit. Yeah. And that took all the fun out of Christmas for me. Oh, I'm not gonna lie; like I was just I was kind of done with it at that point. Um, when I was a kid, I'll tell you, I you know, you know, we're down here in the South. It's a little different culture down here, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was a kid, I remember my dad told me that he got me a paddle for Christmas. I was like, "Daddy, you told me every year you're gonna get me a bag of switches, some coal, and a paddle for Christmas every year." I don't believe you, bro. Every year. Every year. That was my present every year. He's like, all you getting this year is a paddle. All you getting this year is a bag of switches. All you getting this year is a, is a whatever. Yeah. It was every year. So I'm like, daddy, you going to keep doing that same ass lame joke <laughs> every year. I'm, I'm, Come on now. I'm like 10 years old. I'm tired of that same lame ass joke. Come up with some new material. So what my dad did was Christmas Eve, <laughs> he went and got a saw. And he made a big ass, one inch thick, probably two and a half foot long, big ass paddle for Christmas. And he wrapped that bitch up in wrapping paper and he Damn. put it under the tree. And when I got up Christmas morning, you know what my present was that year? That damn paddle. A big ass damn paddle. And I was like, Daddy, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want this. <laughs> And he said, okay, well, it's going to be a present for your mom then. And he gave it to my mom for Christmas. Oh, shit. And I got my ass beat with that thing every day for the next, like, 10 years. Dude, bro. Well, I was 10, so probably, like, four years. But still, felt like 10 years. is a gangster. He is a gangster. Like, yeah. I, I was thinking about this the other day. <clears throat> the last fight that Hannah had in Tupelo, you and I and Hannah and Mo all rode together. Yeah. And on the way back. You were telling me the story about your dad yelled at the dog. Yeah. He was coming. That's most gangster shit. Dude, I was on <laughs> a tripod. Li- for you guys listening, this story. All right, oh, so I'll tell the story. I'll tell the story. I was telling another story about a dog on a tribe call recently, which is, you know, it's a business coaching group that I'm in. Um, and everybody on the call is just like, holy shit. <laughs> you know, we're from Alabama. We're Mississippi now, which is, I mean, not that much different, but. Um, <laughs> We uh we were remodeling a house in Caledonia. My dad, when I was like 12 years old, started a real estate investment company where he started flipping houses and doing real, rentals and stuff. And um, we were we were at this house in Caledonia. They had this big ass damn pit bull named Killer, and he was hooked to a logging chain, big ass thick chain, which had like a four foot spike going into the ground, holding him in place. Like that shit shouldn't have been going nowhere 
And um, Killer, whenever he would see us, would go crazy. Like you could tell, Killer wanted to live up to his name. He was he did not like us at all. And um, my dad always carried a pistol, and I saw my dad. You know, we ain't gonna go into. But anyway, so he had left the pistol inside that day, and I remember he was outside. I was inside when this happened, and Killer took a full run and snapped that pin that was holding the log and chain in the ground. Just snapped it. Pulled it up out of the ground. I don't know. He got loose and decided he was going to try to eat my dad. Now, this this wasn't just some, like, little pit bull, right? <laughs> His name was Killer for a reason, okay? Killer was a killer. He was jacked. Killer looked like he had eaten nothing but steroids from the day he was born, bro. <laughs> he this, was Brazilian. This dude, yeah, this dude was Brazilian, <laughs> man. This dude was jacked, homie. He was like, he had muscles that I didn't know dogs had. Like, I didn't know dogs had muscles in these areas. And he had muscles there. He was jacked up. And he took out after my dad, and he went to running, and he was about to try to eat my dad. My dad's a big dude, too. I'm a big dude. My dad's bigger than I am. He's not quite as tall as me, about a, maybe a half an inch, inch shorter than me. But he's probably got 50 pounds on me. And um, the dog come running out. And my dad got down, like, low in the ground. He went, and just, like, growled and, like, showed his teeth <laughs> and got low. And that dog tucked his tail between his legs and ran away. That is gangster. Yeah, that was it was pretty gangster. It was pretty gangster. Had my dad had his pistol on him, that dog probably wouldn't have survived. Mm-hmm. But my dad had left the pistol inside. We got some little sound issues on this clip. Um, looks like anyway, my, uh, yeah, he, uh, that dog ran away and never messed with us again after that. Hey, no, he wouldn't. Yeah. It reminds me of another time, man. I was, this is the story I was telling on the tribe call recently. Um, we were, we lived on a, on a dairy farm, North Alabama and, you know, about 10 miles, five, 10 miles outside of Arden, Alabama, seven miles actually. Anyway. And, um, damn, I don't know if I should tell this story or not. <laughs> I don't. I don't think people are gonna appreciate this. There was this dog that was mean as hell. Hey, that, you told this story that night too. Yeah, there was a dog that was mean as hell. Um, that lived up the road from us, and uh, it was always coming around. It was always acting like it was gonna bite us, and I was always running from it. And my dad was just tired of it, man. This dog was super mean. It was a child, and it was mean. Mm. It was a mean ass dog, and um. My dad was like, come on, son, we're going to O'Neill's house. My dad didn't call his father daddy or, mm-hmm. or pop or nothing. My dad called his father by his first name. Um, it was always that way. His mom and dad both. He always called his parents by their first name. Um, kind of weird. Yeah. But that's just the way it was. And so that I, call, I called him by Papa or Mama first name. I called him Papa O'Neill. Mm-hmm. And so um, O'Neill was our grandfather. That was the hardest son of a bitch I ever met in my life, mm-hmm. probably. And you tell me about him. Yeah, he was a hard son of a bitch, man. I he and he grew up hard, but anyway, he uh we were going over to his house and he lived across the road from us and all of a sudden my dad I think my dad kinda knew what was up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like uh he uh he was walking over there. And I don't think I was actually I'm trying to think where I was when all this happened. Like if I was like kinda behind him or you know, f- I was like following him or if I was supposed to be walking with him. I, but I remember I, I saw it when it happened. I ended up running inside after it happened though, and this dog come up and growled at my dad and um he pulled the pistol out of his pocket and he didn't blink bro like there was no hesitation like 
This dog come up and was like acting like he was gonna attack my dad. My dad pulled that pistol out and put a bullet right between his eyes within like four point two <laughs> seconds. Cause like bow, like shit. Okay, all right, Tim. That's <laughs> that's what's up. All right, and I like ran back inside. I was like, oh my god, you know, um, cause I was a little bitch ass kid, you know. <laughs> like I was just a little bitch ass kid, you know. He was not playing, bro. He was not playing at all. Yeah. You want to take a shot, bro? Yeah, I'll take one. I'll take a shot. I'm I'm starting to feel good now. Um. He wasn't playing at all. So yeah, my dad, my dad was a gangster. He was, a, and, my, and my grandfather was a gangster too. I remember, man, growing up with my grand. I'll take the big one this time because I gave you the little big one last time. Um, I overfill one. Um, my grandfather was a gangster, man. I heard. I grew up. My my dad wouldn't tell me stories about my grandfather until I was an adult. Yeah, like he wouldn't tell me about him because he was afraid that I was gonna try to live up to my grandfather's like, like my great grandfather's like reputations. You know, because mm-hmm. they were all kind of like, like kind of hard, Just hard, yeah. yeah, hard, not troublemakers, but they've been in some shit, and mm-hmm. and so a lot of the stories um, that I know about my grandfather, and my great grandfather, I didn't hear these stories till I was uh, I was in my twenties because they didn't want me because I was kind of a little shithead kid, mm-hmm. you know, in my teen years, and they didn't want me to try to like live up to them, mm-hmm. and so uh, they. They didn't tell them to me, and I didn't find out till later. I was like, "Damn, I thought I was like the black sheep of the family." Turns out you're the black sheep of the family, and I fit in with everybody else. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and uh, you know, like I felt like anyway. So there was like a bunch of stories growing up that they told me, like that, I, that they always like didn't tell me. And then my twenties, they started telling me these things. I was like, "Damn, it's probably a good thing y'all didn't tell me this." Right. Let's hit this shot real quick. We're gonna take we're gonna take one more shot. This is gonna be my last shot, I believe. I think this is it for me tonight. We've done about over half that fifth. And we still got our Halloween party tonight. Uh, yeah, we're going to get lit. Uh, With some hunch punch. Hell yeah. You want to do some hunch punch tonight? We might have to. Let's do it. Uh, I don't have one of those coolers. Tonight. I'll go buy one. I don't go off the nook. I'll text Phil, see if he's got one. Well, I mean. Phil's got every gadget. I, it, it's true. Phil, Phil's the man. He, he's got everything. thing about that is if we wait on Phil, we may have to wait. Like, he may not be here early enough. I mean, I guess if we get everything together. I'll just go across the street to Dick's and get one. Yeah, let's go to Dick's. After we get done here, we'll go to Dick's across the street. And then we'll yeah. walk over to Rook's. we get the alcohol. We'll be in there, bro. Hell let's do it. yeah. Yeah. Dude, when I was a kid, we used to have hunch punch parties. I was saying this earlier. We had a, used to have hunch punch parties. And people would be so drunk so fast. They were, they were redneck hunch punch. Called hunch punch. My mom used to call it moose piss. Moose piss. Yeah. I, I ain't trying to drink that. I don't know why they called it that. That's stupid. I don't like that. Why would I want to drink moose piss? <laughs> that's just what they called it. I Is she from up north or something? Uh, Missouri. Yeah. Okay. That's up north to me. Yeah. It's kind of middle of the country, but you know, to me, it's up north. You know, we it's down here. It's north of us. We right? down here in the sip, bro. South, bro. We down here in the sip. So, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not drinking moose piss, bro. Hunch punch sounds delicious, and yeah. moose piss sounds awful. I've heard it called <clears throat> hunch punch, jungle juice, and moose I've heard, piss. I've heard. I've heard jungle juice. Yeah, I'm, I, and that doesn't necessarily sound terrible to me. Yep. Moose piss does not sound like some shit I want to drink. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why they called it that. I don't That's know weird. It, but you know, them old heads. Yeah, <laughs> especially if they're from Missouri. Yeah. Um, taking a piss in the bathroom just a minute ago, I noticed the bidet on there. Have you used it? I have. You like it or no? no? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. It's super funny to me, man. Uh, Hannah. She was my manager for a long time. She was a fighter out of the gym, and she worked for me, just recently quit. And um, 
she's also a good friend of mine. Anyway, but she has a way of like working stuff, right? <laughs> she wanted a bidet really bad, and I never really gave a shit about having a bidet. We keep wipes in there, right? Right. And yeah. that's good enough for me. Like I don't like using toilet paper, but I like I like having wipes. Um, never really gave a shit about a bidet. I was always interested to use one, but never really wanted to own one necessarily, especially before I used one. Yeah. But before my birthday, they threw up a surprise party for me. And she got everybody in the gym to like pitch in and buy me a bidet. I've never wanted a bidet before. <laughs> she did. <laughs> so it's kind of gangster. She like got everybody to pitch in and buy herself a present. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny, that, that, really. That's pretty good. It's pretty funny. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So yeah, I have used it. Uh, I do use it from time to time. Um, I'll tell you the issue with a bidet. And I like the concept. I really do because I mean, think about it. If you got shit on your arm, Joe Rogan says this. It's funny because I don't even listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. But uh, if you got shit on your arm, you wouldn't just take some toilet paper and wipe that shit off. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're gonna you're gonna wash that shit, right? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you wash that shit? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. you would. I never thought about it like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, a bidet washes your ass, and I like that. Here's the issue with it. At work, anyway. At home, might be different. I don't have a way to dry my ass when I'm done. Yeah. So I'm just walking around all swamp butt booty. I just got wet ass. Like I use toilet paper, but the toilet paper we got in there is kind of cheap. And the wipes, they're wet too. So that ain't really getting me dry. Can you control the the like the the stream? Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Because if you turn that thing all the way up, it's taking your butt virginity. It's gonna spray <laughs> it's gonna spray out your mouth, bruh. It's insane. <laughs> I'm not playing, cuz I'm not playing. That shit's gonna spray out your mouth. It is intense. Is that powerful? Yes. Go try it out when we get done here. I'm gonna pass. We'll Just pass. try it, bro. Don't be a bitch. I'm not it don't make you gay or nothing. <laughs> You're not gay for using a bidet, dog. Like it's not a dick. No, I mean they use it in Europe. Well, yeah. All the damn Europeans use it. Yeah, but that don't mean it's not I, gay. I don't know. I take that back. Some of y'all are probably gonna get pissed off if you're from Europe. Yeah, I don't but know. I mean. We think that's the rumor. We think all Europeans use it. Yeah, we think everybody in Europe uses bidets. Probably not though. Um, Well, I don't know. I don't know. I've never even been to Europe. You ever been to Europe? I've been to Japan. That's not Europe, bro. That's Asia. I I know. That's That's a different continent. Japan, they fucking they love them over there. They just they have they don't even have like toilets in a lot of places. You just like hold on, what? You just squat down. Squat down over what? It's like a it's like a platform, and you has like little feet spots. I'm out. And you just kneeled on it. I'm out. <laughs> I'm not in for this. This sounds stupid. I don't even know how to really explain it. That's it's, stupid. Yeah. It's That's wild. a stupid idea. Wow. I don't like that. Yep. That's dumb. <laughs> I'm not trying to squat to, to to take a shit. That's real dumb. But I I've, I've flown through Europe. Like I've uh I've been in airports in Germany and in Ireland, and they had in their airports they had uh bath uh, like toilets, but. In Japan, well, I mean, of course they had, they had toilets too. But I know they had toilets in the bathroom yeah. in Europe, but did they have bidets? The That's ones the in Germ- the ones in Germany did. Okay, um, Ireland, I don't remember if they did or not. <laughs> I mean, there's some cool things about it. Yeah, there's some cool things about it. It's just not. I don't know. It's yeah. a little weird to me. I, I, it, yeah. If you turn it off, if you turn is it the, just cold ass water. Shoot. You can you can adjust it. The one we have back there is is from Tushy, and you can adjust it. You can you can pick. Uh. So you can like you can turn it over to warm or cold, and if you do warm, you have to like you can you can turn it over so it like runs into the toilet so the water warms up while you're pooping, and then when you turn it on, it's it's warm. Oh wow! Yeah, it's it's nice. Um, and if you turn 
dude, if you turn that thing all the way off, all the way up, it'll blow you off that toilet. Damn. Yeah, it's insane. Cause like I only turned it up like two or three notches, but it'll go up like twenty notches or something. And like the third notch is like, that's wild. Yeah, it's insane. It's like blowing up in your colon, playing your colon <laughs> out. Something that I learned. This is weird. I can't believe I'm gonna say this on the podcast. If I will turn the bidet on and just let it run and just spray up into my ass, it'll make me shit more. Like it like, like loosens up. Yeah. yeah, it like loosens up everything in there. And like, like it just like comes out. Like Damn, I'll huh. be done and then I'll turn that on and like it'll like spray. <laughs> Can't believe I'm telling this. Uh, it'll like spray into my asshole, like onto my asshole. I don't know if it's like stimulating it or if it's like, I don't know, but. <laughs> I don't know. People people listen to this are gonna be like, "What the what the fuck is this guy talking about?" Yeah, I don't know. It's that eighteen hundred brand. I'm telling you. Yeah, it's good stuff. It is. It's real good. Yeah, we've almost finished this bottle, this fifth of eighteen hundred in this podcast, and it's uh, it's one o'clock right now. And we got a party to attend tonight. Yeah, I'm gonna. It's gonna be a gangster party, dude. When we get done with this podcast, let's go get this hunch punch. We got to. I'm in. So anyway, um. What were we talking about? Bidets. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. So, anyway, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, if I... If I'll have to check it out. Next time you got to poop and you're at the gym, go check it out. It There's definitely pros and cons. Definitely pros. And, uh, my, pref- my preference would be wipes. I like the wipes. I like bidets more than I like toilet paper. I never really feel clean with toilet paper. Yeah. Um, wipes are... Wipes are good. But my preference would be my, my wife. My preference would be wipes. Secondary would be bidet, and then toilet paper would be kind of like yep. last resort. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm real. I'm real finicky about my butt, though. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll let you try it out. Try it out, but all right. So, um, yes, yeah, we're an hour and a half in. So let's uh, we'll go ahead and cut it here, guys. I appreciate y'all tuning into the Man Up Podcast. We're gonna call this episode one. It is not episode one by even a little bit. Yep. It's probably like episode like nine, but I've already taken a lot of the old episodes off because they sucked. And uh, <laughs> we're going to call this episode one. Episode so one. Hopefully, uh, old Wes Dunham here is going to be my co-host going forward. And we'll, uh, we'll see y'all next week. Appreciate Adios. it, guys. Peace.